0: Hello and welcome to Sunday Messages with Fairmount Friends Church. We're so glad that you are joining us. You can find out more on www.fairmountfriendschurch.org. Here's Pastor Brock Meyer. Just this past week, weekend, we were um, out at Frank and Sherry Payne's house for a baptism service, and we had people getting baptized from all ages and i got a couple pictures i want to show you the first picture look at this this is carolyn okay carolyn coming up out of the water and this was one of the joys of ministry right here was being able to baptize carolyn and as she walks down into the water this was so cool is she out there today, not out there. She comes walking in full garb. She's got shoes on, jeans, a shirt, another shirt over it, full makeup. I mean, she was looking good for this baptism um, and comes down into the waters as she comes back up. Um, And so Carolyn is about uh, years old and all the way down to our youngest who right here, we've got Allie who just turned, she's either eight or nine. Is that right, Abby? Yep, so eight, and then check out this next one as she's coming up out of the water. This was so cool. So, we had the extremes of all of our ages out there, and everybody in between it was a really cool time. I'll tell you, the preciousness of this moment, we've had so much cool feedback. The preciousness of this moment was just this worship time with the Lord and saying, Is there an arena that we can have a little bit more engagement in the presence of Jesus. Yeah, there is. There's this biblical thing that we see called water baptism that was so fun to engage, and the purity of the heart was awesome to see. There's life change that's happening, and it's really, really fun to be a part of. This morning, I want to kind of come back a little bit. We talked about how to function in the giftings and in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We've talked about whenever the Holy Spirit comes upon a man or a woman and anoints them with power to do the work of the ministry. Today we want to talk about evangelism and having intentional evangelistic lifestyles that are leading others into the presence of the Lord where they too can have an encounter with Jesus and give their hearts him. It takes intentionality in order to live a life like this. Let's quickly define some terms. Also, I just want to holler at Taylor University. I got my my, uh, journal up here. You want to see how this is my Taylor University journal. It says Taylor on it. You want to see how much I've been journaling on it? (laughs) But I'm getting there, okay? I mean, I just got it. I just got it. Let's define some terms here. Um, Evangelism. Evangelism is the spreading of the Christian gospel by public preaching or personal witness. For some of you think, man, I don't have a pulpit, how can I preach? A personal witness, let's break down that term, witness. What is a witness? A witness is a person who calls attention to something other than himself, one who is called upon to give or to be evidence of something. He gives or is a witness. So we see that definition, and I just want to go one step further. I'm going to break it down a little bit more intentionally in this. A witness is a person, or might we say a Christian, who calls attention to something or someone higher than themselves, one who is called upon to give or to be evidence of something. They give an account of of who Christ is or account of what Christ has done or is in their life. They're a witness. Things happen or don't happen based upon intentionality. I will get healthier only based upon intentionality. I will get more unhealthy based upon James Dean Day's. Or the lack of intentionality that I bring towards James Dean days. I will read so many books, not on accident, but by intentionality. I will share my faith when I go into the grocery store if I am intentional to share my faith when I go into the grocery store. What happens in your life happens intentionally, or what doesn't happen in your life is because we are unintentional about making those things happen. That might be the most obvious statement of the morning, but maybe the most revelatory as it comes to you evangelistically being a witness in our community. Things happen or don't happen based upon the intentionality that you take. Real quick, I wanna tell you who you are, and Bud and Joe both were reading this scripture this morning. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, this is the scripture that we went over in Sunday school. It says, "For we are His workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You've been created to do some pretty cool stuff. The Bible says that you're the workmanship of Christ. He's formed and fashioned you in a very poetic and beautiful, wonderful and fearful way that he's put these giftings and callings and as he's wove you together with this personality and this gift set and this uniqueness of perspective and insight and maybe you've got a little sass and maybe you've got some, I don't know, whatever your little mix is, whatever he's formed and fashioned you out of the overflow of who he is, you've got the mark of God. You've been created in the image of God. And you've been created to do amazing things in Christ Jesus. And not just cool things like you hit the last second shot. That's cool. Or not just some things that you did some really neat accomplishments. But the good works in Christ... Are how we would live this life that's going to ultimately glorify Him and draw others unto Himself. And the things that are disconnected from that, the Bible would say it this way anything that's done outside of faith is sin. The Bible just ups the ante real fast, and it's saying, come deeper into this thing. Let's do some good works that are going to leave a lasting impression and that will impact heaven for all of eternity. Who around you right now that's in your life that needs to have an encounter with Jesus that you have a flippant relationship with that you're not intentionally having conversations that's pointing to Jesus? Let's just kind of go, let's just audit our black book right now and just say, okay, yep, Kevin needs Jesus. Becky needs Jesus. Stephanie needs Jesus. Carl needs an encounter with the Lord. And so, to the degree that I take intentionality to partner with the Lord, to start intentionally having conversations, that I would say, I am the image of God. I'm, a, I'm an image of bearer. And I'm going to live in such a way that's going to, to lead people to encounter with him. So no longer is Christianity just church attendance. We're going to get a hold of this thing, and then we live it out in our community. We live it in the school. We live it in the town board. We live it in the public square. Our personal faith is not personal. It is on public display for all to see. Jesus hung on the cross naked in a very public way for you to have an encounter with him. And so too should we live in a very public way to say what Christ did on the cross to everything that Christ has laid a hold of me, I want to lay a hold of him. And then I want to live in a way that's going to lead others to him. It's an evangelistic witness that takes an incredible amount of intentionality. You don't do that on accident. You do that incredibly intentional. And so... Four F words. We're going to drop the F word this morning three times. I'm sorry, I said four, but I'm going to do three because we're Quakers. We don't say it that many times. Just three. Three F words that we want to hit this morning. First one is faithful. Second one is focused. And the third is fasted. I believe that when we live this way, our lives can't help but have an impact on others. So we talk about the very first one, faithful. I don't know about you, but I want to be a faithful witness. I want to live a faithful life. And a faithfulness that's motivated by love. I'm faithful to my wife because I love her. Not because there's rules, not because I have to, not because... I mean, there's this covenantal agreement that we've made, but but while that, no doubt, is something that's like a stake in the ground, I'm motivated by love and so in the same way that i want to be faithful to the lord and to live a life that's a call that i'm faithful to the calling of god that it would be motivated by love there's a faithfulness that we want to have in our life that we're changed by jesus and all of my life is lived so well that it inspires others That there's this faithfulness that this man of God walks out, that this church of God walks out, that this woman of God, that the uncle in the family, that the cousin in the family, the best friend in the relationship, they just faithfully have stewarded this love affair with Jesus. And that they've walked it out in such a way where their hearts are fully alive. There's fire on the altar of their heart and they can't help but just kind of emit the life of Christ off of them to where it inspires others and they want to lean in on that life. Why are you so happy? You're weird, man. We, li- we don't live that happy. Why are you so full of hope and vision and life, weirdo? We don't do that around here, right? We live in Fairmount. We don't have vision. We just keep doing the same old, same old. We live one day for 50 years and call it our life, and, and why? Because somebody has seen the throne room. Because you've had an encounter with Jesus. Because there's a call of God on your life. And I'll tell you, you can live this passion, zeal, full, fully persuaded, fully convicted, fully loaded, fully alive. Relationship with him to where others are like, I'm leaning in, you're provoking me to live a better life. There's this man in the Bible by the name of Noah. Noah had this call of God on his life, and God calls him. He says, Noah, I'm going to do this thing. I'm ticked off with people, and judgment is coming. I'm going to spare one family, and it's yours, Noah, because you've been faithful. I find something about you. There's a faithfulness in your spirit that I really, really like. Faithfulness has provoked my heart, Noah. Can you imagine that the way that we live, this doesn't provoke others to respond. It provokes the heart of God to respond. (laughs) <laughs> John, I'm, I'm feeling the ghost up here If John's watching and, the whole, and, and, and God looks at this His eyes are looking to and fro throughout the earth Seeking hearts that are fully committed to him That he would show himself strong on their behalf And he sees Noah He says, Noah, I'm wiping everybody out I'm starting over with you, man And Noah says, God, I want to be faithful To what you've called me to do And so for 120 years Noah starts planting trees Cutting trees, forming nails, building a boat, forming his own tools. He didn't go down to Lowe's and get his tools. He made his own tools. It took uh, uh, over a century of giving his life faithfully to something. My pastor, Ron Johnson Sr., served the Lord, and he died, I don't know, he was in his mid-80s and was faithful to the end. I think of people like a Billy Graham that just lived so far above reproach. They were so faithful until the end. They ran their race with faithfulness to the end. What that does, man, is it provokes something within me where there's this commitment. Wherever they go, wherever they are, there is this man that is marked and there is a man with a message that is marked by his maker to make an impact wherever he goes. This was Noah. And God said, who you are is moving me, and I want to use you in a powerful way. In Proverbs 29:18, it says, where there is not vision, the people perish. But happy is he who will keep the law and not just to keep a law but to be in love with the law giver a man who is motivated by this and there's happiness when there's vision that keeps us restraint and keeps us focused there's a way to live people the way that noah lived i'll tell you just recently whenever i spoke at taylor one of my friends andy stett drove all the way down from crown point indiana he drove three hours to upland to hear me speak for 25 minutes Then he drove three hours back. A six-hour investment for a 25-minute return because he's a friend. And we had lunch afterwards, and as we're sharing lunch afterwards, he's telling me about the next race that he's doing. This guy does Ironmans and all these different kinds of things. And he is, what did he say? He's mid-50s, almost 60 years old, and the guy is in phenomenal shape. There's a way that Andy Stett lives that makes me want to eat better. There's a I just need to eat better is the theme of the morning. But there's a way that's like, I just need to, I need to get a little bit more focused in this workout. I need to t- steward my temple. This is the temple of God. I need to steward this thing better. Why? Because I'm around somebody that provokes that. He's faithful in how he lives his life, and it provokes. I'm telling you, your witness could be your excellence. You being excellent in a thing speaks to something bigger than you, and a witness is somebody who speaks of something that is much bigger than them. The second one is is to live focused. You ever have those times whenever you're trying to hear what someone is saying, but there's so much else going on around you that you've got to like almost squint your eyes in order for your ears to hear what they're saying? Because this is going on, and they're trying to tell you something, and and there's all these other noises going on. It's called parenting, is what that's called. And so you're like, what did you say? I can't quite hear you. Turn the TV down, the dog's barking, stop screaming, right? And you're like, I'm really trying to, why are you doing that with your eyes? So that my ears get sharper, I'm trying to hear you. Last night was my 20-year high school reunion um, that we had at Grains and Grill. How many of you all laugh at that and you're like, yeah, I've been out for 50? My dad has just been out for 50. They celebrated theirs last night. How many of you all been out for 60? Oh, yeah, come on. Anybody been out for 70? Yeah, come on. Anybody been out for 80? Where's Mary Tucker? Mary Tucker's laughing at everybody. She's been out for 80 years, y'all. She's been out of school. And so there's a band, we're at Grains and Grill, there's a band playing and people are running around. I mean, there's just all this noise and you're trying to like, you know, catch up. It's like, where have you been for 20 years? Like, what's going on? I'm kind of like squinting. And, or like me, like I asked the same person, the same question twice, not because they didn't say it. I just didn't, wasn't paying attention. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm like, wait, where did you say that you were? Yep, I just told you this is where I'm from. And the lack of focus or not even locked in, why? Because there's all of these other distractions and it's death by distraction. All of these other things are just swirling around in life that I'll pay attention to. And for me, my golden retriever spirit last night was just like, I'm wagging my tail. I'm like, what is going on around here? I'm fired up about everything that's going on. I mean, the place was a buzz, it was not. Well, it probably was a little bit buzzed, but it also was a buzz. <laughs> and I'm just like, amped, like all this stuff going on around. Why? Because I just, I got to focus. And whenever we walk into the callings that God has for us, are we just so distracted with all these other things going on? And it's just death by distraction. I go into the grocery store. You know, whenever you go into the grocery store, is your opportunity to be a witness. To share your life of something that's greater than you, that points to something that's bigger than who you are. But guess what? I'm not focused on my call at that time. I'm not, fo- it's like the Holy Spirit is wanting to talk to us, but we can't hear because I'm focused on my list. I, I need to go. My purpose is to accomplish. I'm a Westerner, I'm an American. I got to go. I don't have, don't have. Time to be a witness right now. The Holy Spirit's trying to talk to you and he's saying, I'm focused on salvation and you're focused on vegetation. I'm focused on ministry and you're focused on minestrone (laughs) or whatever, you know. Give me one more Jesus because that's kind of (laughs) fun. Oh, this is an easy one. I'm focused on Jesus and you're focused on cheeses, right? (laughs) That was a good one. One more? Anybody? No, we're over it. And we're so just caught up with other things, and the Holy Spirit's like, I want to do amazing works in your life. I've created you for this moment. Lock it in. Be a faithful witness. Be focused on why you're on the planet. And on the planet is not just to get done with shopping and get done with dinner and to get done at your job, but just hurry up and get done at the next thing and just to get a whole bunch of things done. The purpose is to live in my presence and to know me and to push all of the other things that so easily would entangle you. The Apostle Paul would say, there's one thing that I'm after, and it's pressing all of the other things in the past and reaching forward to the things which are ahead, to lay a hold of all of that to which Christ Jesus has laid a hold of me. There's one thing. And and, and there might be a dozen things, but if I could help you live this life and boil it all down to one thing, and it's to know him. It's to be faithful to what he's called us to do and to live a focused life, to be locked in everywhere we go. We're not just going out to the football game while we're there. God, who do you want to minister to? Who do I need to sit beside right now I do that. I'm walking up and I'm looking up in the stands. Okay, who do I see? Who do I need? Holy Spirit, point somebody out. I want to live intentionally right now. Because it's either going to happen because I'm intentional or it won't happen because I'm just not, I'm unintentional. Okay, God, where do I need to be? Who do I need to talk to? There's an intentionality. There's a focus. And and you can say, man, that's just like a little bit extreme, you know, if you want to. Well, we... We could say that. Or we could say, God, fix my mindset. So I have a, a, a ministry mindset. I have a mindset of evangelism. I have a mindset of a witness everywhere I go. 2 Corinthians 4.18 would say it this way. Let us fix our eyes. Not what, is on, well, not, not what is seen, but what is unseen. What's going on in this fourth dimension? This three-dimensional world, what's in that fourth dimension? God, what are you doing up here? Who you want to minister to tonight? Who do you want to talk to this morning? Who do you want me to, to, to wait in line with on the tilt-a-whirl again before I lose this tenderloin? Who do you... What's going on? People, let's fix our eyes, not on just the stuff that we can see in the next grocery aisle. God, what are you doing? This is the Bible. This is what it means to be a Christian, to follow Christ. This is it. This is the game. This is it. Let us fix our eyes, not just on what's temporal, but let's see the unseen. Let's see the things that are eternal in Christ. I think that the Holy Spirit's talking to us all of the time. And let's not just dilly-dally with, man, maybe I'll get around to some good works. No, 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 let's do works that are eternal. No more lackadaisical approaches to the spirituality, to living out my faith each and every day in my community, in my job, with my coworkers, with my family. Come on, this isn't just a do-whatever-you-want-to faith. We are called to obey God. This isn't do-whatever-you-want-to. This is you are on mission. We are like aliens here. We're on a missions trip. This mission trip is earth. And we need to start bringing Jesus everywhere we go to call to do good works. Maybe it's at a restaurant, and I hope that you enjoy that meal, but there's a waitress there that's sucking wind that just needs some encouragement. And if you would just take a moment just to peel off from yourself, to tap into the ghost, and just prophesy. Prophesy just to speak the word of the Lord to someone. And the word of the Lord is probably going to be an encouraging, life-giving, lift their head, encourage their heart sort of a message, and just see if some good works start flowing in the air. I dare you to obey the Bible and to live this thing well, to live it. Philippians 3.12 would say it this way, not that I have already obtained this, this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Philippi, or that I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made it his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward for what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think like this. If we are mature, you will live this way. Maturity is not a gauge of age. Maturity is a gauge of obedience and living out faithfully and focused the call of God on our lives. Let the mature think this way. And if anything, you think otherwise, God will reveal it to you. God, we want to be revealed what you're calling us to. The last F-bomb I'm going to drop is fasted. This fasted lifestyle in Matthew 17 and and Mark 9, a man comes up and he's telling Jesus, he says, Jesus, my son has got some weird things happening. There's like this demonic oppression and he has seizures and this demonic force throws him into the fire and he's walking around and he seizes and he he has convulsions and 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 he throws himself into fires. Jesus says, bring him to me. He says, I already did. I brought him to your disciples, and they can't do anything for him. Jesus, don't know that he rolled his eyes, don't know that he breathed heavy. I I don't know that he didn't have to go away and get a little frustrated and come back. I I, I don't know, but here's Jesus' response. How long do I have to endure with a wicked and perverse generation? talking about his life group those were his guys how much longer do we got to do this fellas he says bring them to me some of these and he's talking about the demonic presence some of this only comes out through prayer and fasting can we just talk about power evangelism and it's not even just like us sharing our own testimony or us saying that Jesus is awesome or inviting someone to church. I'm talking power. When the power of God hits someone and demonic forces are, are released, Jesus is trying to raise up a church because he's about to depart from them. This is Matthew 17. He's, he's going to be killed in just a couple more chapters. He's about to leave. Guys, you got to be able to do this stuff because I'm going to leave. This is, I'm leaving it. The, the, the future of the church is in your hands. you got to know how to do this stuff. Jesus is trying to raise up a church that can do it, that can do the stuff. As John Wimber said, he wants to do the stuff. John Wimber wrote the book called Power Evangelism. And saying us witnessing our faith should have signs and wonders following the way that Jesus did. Doing the stuff. The the, the supernatural backing of the Holy Spirit. So whenever we walk in and we're at the restaurant, we're at the ball game, we're at the Main Street meetings, we're at the town meetings, and all of a sudden the wisdom of God, we have insight. We have now wisdom, now knowledge. We have the voice of the Lord. Things are just flowing in us and through us. That's the church that we see in the Bible. And so I would encourage us to fast. Fast. Over the summer, our men, we fasted every Wednesday, and we prayed together on Wednesdays. Maybe for you, it's, 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 a, it's a fasted Wednesday, um, and you're saying, you know what, I want witness Wednesday to start happening. Maybe, maybe you're just going to say, you know what, I need to up the ante a little bit, and no more lackadaisical approach. I want an anointing on my life so that my words just don't fall at my feet, but my words go forth and pierce hearts. And so, Jesus, I fast asking that you would anoint my life. I want to live faithful, I want to live focused, and I want to live fasted, so that the eyes of the Lord look to and fro throughout the earth, seeking a heart that is His, fully, and He will show Himself strong on their behalf. That is intentional evangelism. That is power evangelism. And church, that is how we will change our community, our school, our areas, our jobs, our families. This is the way to do it. John Wimber was an ordained Quaker pastor until he started preaching the power of the Holy Spirit and they gave him the left foot of fellowship and sent him on his way. He started a church called Vineyard Christian Fellowship, better known as the Vineyard Movement that came through the 70s and 80s when people encountered the presence of the Lord at a whole new way. Now you see Vineyard churches all around. We had a gem, Quakers, Quakers. We had it. We had John Wimber. And John is not more important than the Holy Spirit. We had the Holy Spirit. We still do. But let's not excuse people who want to experience the fullness of the Bible and the fullness of the Godhead. And not just that God's our Father and, and Jesus is our brother. No, we have the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us to have intentional evangelism in our communities. As we close this morning, I want to pray for us. And if you would just receive and say, God, I want more. More, Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me up. Use this mouth. Anoint these hands. Let me live focused in my mind and intentional with my life. I just want to pray that over our church family. Would you all stand with me this morning as we close? Mm. God, you're good. And you're fun and you're inviting us in to do some good works with you. Jesus, I just pray over this house that this would be an incredibly intentional house. Mm. No more consumer Christianity, church. We're participants in this thing. So Lord, I pray that you would anoint us to live focused. I pray that you would put a power of God upon us our lives. Lord, I pray that we would have intentional conversations this week. Lord, I pray that we would look into the stands and the arenas of our life and say, where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to sit to next to? Who do you want me to speak with? God, I pray that there would be a focus about our lives. Lord, I pray that you would lead our church into fasting where we would just pick up that spiritual discipline, that weapon of warfare called fasting, that you would anoint our lives. Lord, we pray over these Taylor students. Lord, we pray that this year would be the year where they just go public at a whole other level. Lord, we pray that they would, they would come from this personal relationship to a public relationship. Lord, we pray for signs and wonders to follow their lives everywhere we go. We pray for revival on campus. Lord, we pray for nine fire starters that are here this morning. Lord, we pray that they would be witnesses, that they would live in such a way that would provoke others around them. Lord, we pray for an inspired life to come upon them. Lord, we pray for words of wisdom and words of encouragement and insight for them to prophesy over their roommates, over their wing, over their halls. Lord, we pray that there would be a a move of the Holy Spirit, a vineyard sort of a movement that would take place upon them, that they would do the stuff everywhere they go. Lord, we pray that this would be a house that lives faithful, focused, and fasted. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're so glad that you were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or your preferred podcasting app. Be sure to rate us so other people can know about the podcast.